Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Today's message is from a guest speaker. We pray this message speaks to you. I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Sharisa, Pastor Kirk. Thank you for allowing. Let me tell you, I'm so proud of this church. I watch via streaming, okay? And it might be a couple days later. I don't know how that happens, but I watch it like I'm, I'm at breakfast. My wife says, you're eating too much. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to show it. So what happens is I'm just so proud of this church because it's everything of the foundations that we were always raised on, and it's coming to full fruition. It's amazing because you're sending people forth. I'm thankful yesterday, Lemoyne Center. Some people are like, are you are disappointed? Are you okay because it rained and, and you didn't get a chance to lead a lot of people to the Lord and there was a lot of people there? Let me say this to you. Anytime you do anything from the Lord, it's, 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 it's fruitful, okay? It's, it's, it's in the name of the Lord is gonna be good. So, so whether we launched a party yesterday, let me tell you something, there was a 60-foot inflatable, I promise you, it was from here to that wall. Okay, kids all over the place, there were some adults all over it too, and they were having fun. We, we fed them, we clothed them, we did everything we could to bring a block party to Lemoyne Center. And we're going to continue to do this. I do this all over the country. I just got back from Kentucky. I just got back from Detroit, where I led about six or seven Muslim families to Jesus Christ. The entire family, the entire family. Um, I mean, I'm talking people that you would never understand in culture. People that don't get what we're doing in Jesus because it's always another relationship with some other God. And I'm telling you, just weeping, coming forth, saying, I feel I'm set free. My heart is finally fixed on truth other than the lie that I've been told since I was six or seven years old to kill and to rob and to steal and destroy people's lives. It's happening. I just got back from Baltimore, Maryland. We did a block party in a gang-infested area six miles from where that Rodney Brown was shot and the comp and Black Lives Matter started, all that stuff in Baltimore. I'm six miles away from that. That was just last weekend. Crazy, crazy area. Let me say, say something to you. You never know crazy until you get around it. Now, wait a minute. Some of y'all like sitting next to it. I'm not talking like that, okay? You know, and I know that our lives today start at one o'clock. I know today at one o'clock, all our lives start because that's when the kickoff happens. But I'm just saying this. You don't know crazy until you're around crazy. You know, some people are like, I've been to different homes. I've been to the prisons. I've been to different, I've seen it all. No, you have never seen crazy until you're around crazy. When you're in the streets and there's crazy happening and people walking around, they're tatted, they're wearing their scarves to the colors and they're across the street looking at you and you're thinking, oh, Jesus. I'm telling you, gang members come up. I've watched it happen in Delaware. Man, we've been preaching. Let me tell you this. I want to thank you also for allowing me to be on your missions, be a part of missions. You have no idea how those monies, they, they just keep us going. Thank you. Thank you, Central. Thank you, Central. And all of those that work in the inner city, oh, I'm looking at all my precious people right here in their 60s, 70s, 80s that are like doing it. I look at my mother over here. I'm thinking, man, how are you still marching, woman? I'm just telling you. How are you just doing it? It's all Jesus. Wow. I, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching a couple years ago in, in, in Delaware, and this is amazing because God's called me to America. God's called me to the inner cities and the schools of America. Let me say this to you. I'm so thankful we go on missions trips. I've done more missions trips than I think missionaries are even out there. As a youth pastor, we used to do two to three missions trips a year. 
$3,500. Our kids are investing. Our kids are investing in El Salvador, Venezuela. We're going everywhere. Uh, uh, Dominican Republic. You name it, we've been there. Haiti. We're doing all that stuff. But there's no greater satisfaction to me right now than being America in your communities. Because I'm telling you, this is where God needs to be, man. We can... The world's coming to Jesus. The world is coming to Jesus. But America, we don't even understand how to respect the position. We are at odds even in our culture because we hate that man in the office called the president. There won't be peace. There's never going to be world peace. Man, oh days, what are we doing here? But I'm just telling you, I'm, I'm in Delaware, man, and I'm, I'm sitting and I'm preaching. All of a sudden, there's this thunder of bikes coming into town in this little place called Delaware. And, and they're coming into Wilmington, and they're starting to park on the streets. I thought it was lightning and thunder. I thought, man, this is going to be shut down. We're not going to be able to preach anymore. But the clouds were not there, and the sky was beautiful, and the sunshine was great. And, and all of a sudden, I see these bikers get off the bikes. And I'm thinking, oh, snap. Like, Eric, we do men's ministry, but let's do that kind of men's ministry. Because they'd be like, you'd be talking like, um, uh, what, what's up, brother? They come walking down as I'm preaching. There's open air. There's inflatables. There's face painting. There's clothing. There's food. All this stuff's happening. And all of a sudden, they come walking down, and they come up to the stage, and there's tears. And these guys, are, these guys have tattoos, and they're dressed in leather. And the women today, um, biker women, they don't dress like they used to dress. I'm just saying. They, there's, there's no imagination. It's just crazy. And this guy pulls out a gun, lays it on the stage. A girl pulls out knives and, like, brass knuckles. And I'm like, how much stuff you got? She putting stuff. <laughs> and that day, all I heard was this. I want, I'd trade all this for this man named Jesus. Nobody's ever told us. We've always cursed about it. We've always made fun about it. We've heard about it. But you're talking about Jesus, the Savior and the changer of the world in my life. It's Jesus. So my title today is Only He is Able. Only He is Able. Let me ask you a question. How many of you know you don't even sometimes have the ability to get out of bed? Come on. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm able. I'm able to do whatever. No, you're not. No, come on. Let's be real. Okay. First of all, we've had service after service this morning. It was incredible. This church is healthy. It, it would have been a good place for somebody to say Amen. Let's go eat. Man, James, what are you doing? I didn't ask you for a pint of blood. I'm not asking for nothing. <laughs> Just respond. Well, you have, the, you have one of the greatest. Adam, uh, Anthony, Anthony, I'm with you, dog. I'm just saying, we're there. Only God. But Adam, how you do this? I'm so envious. I know I'll never be able to. I, I can almost use the word never at my age now. But I, I don't know how you just come out of nowhere and you're like, me when the Lord ain't. I'm like, you are blessed, people. You are blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. And it's about time you get your wife up here. Good night, Irene. Sharice, I'm like, what? And then last week, I'm watching. See, I got to warm you up because you all like this. Last week, I'm watching 
ministry after ministry after ministry, 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 giving their testimony last week. How many know what I'm talking about, right? Was that last week? Two weeks? See, I just watched it last week, so I don't know when it is. I'm not even looking at the date. Then there's this precious Vicky gets up here and she's like, oh, let me tell you. And she's all over the place with excitement. And how can you not get involved in missions? But let me say this to you. Lemoyne Center, Pittsburgh is missions. Houston is missions. Your home is a mission. Your place of work is your mission. Young people, you better hear me. You're kind of over here and over here. You better hear me and hear me loud. Your school is your mission. I don't care whether you go to a Christian school, you go to a secular school, that's your mission field. People dying, going to hell in a basket, we're worried about, oh, I don't know if I'm able. You're not able. You're not able. Thank you. You're not able. Because in our own flesh, come on, I love what you had to say to men. Good night, Irene. Reload. Let me tell you how you reload is right here. This is how you, come on, man. Just grow up. I'm a visitor. I'm going to be leaving here soon, so I'll tell you this. Man, if we're missing anything, I'm watching this, this, this inner city talk of, of, of um, Engel, the Engel report, Engel report the other night, Chicago town hall meeting. And you know what everybody said? It's the men. We're missing the men in our homes and the men in the community, the men to stand up and do missions because I'll let my wife do it. No, stop the madness. Every young person in every city, you know what they're looking for? A role model. And it's not happening in football anymore because he's not showing up today for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a horrible role model right now. I don't care what anybody says to me. I don't care how much you love Le'Veon Bell. It's selfish. It's ignorant. It's crazy. about to get my money. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. You keep trying to get your money. I'll tell you what God's going to do. I'm about to get my money. You're going to lose your money. I'll tell you why you're going to lose your money. Because you're going to lose your mind. Because it was all about substance. It was always about something else other than the creator, the savior that can change your life. How many of you know today you're free? How many are free today? 17 of you. 18, 19, 20, 23, 30. 35, I feel like an auctioneer today. I'm just telling you, Dave, I know you saved. I'm just telling you today, you're not going to be free unless you get free in Jesus. I'm going to tell you, you're going to have the same headache, the same bills, the same traffic jam, the same sickness, the same illness, the same non-promotion because you're not healthy. You don't know me, man. That's right. I don't know you, but Jesus does. You're not able. You're not able to keep going the way you're going. You're not able to keep surviving the way you're surviving because it's going to happen. You're going to crash. But when you crash, who's there for you? Because it's amazing when the popo, popo comes, ain't nobody standing but you. Listen, I got this. Officer, you're standing by yourself. And I got news for you. While you're there, ain't nobody coming to see you. Except your mama. Come on now. Only he is able. Without Jesus, there's no ability. You don't have ability to do anything. Your giftings will change. Your giftings will change like culture changes. I used to be able to. What happened? How come you stopped? 
I, I used to do this. I used to do that. And I want to give you the scripture. I want to focus on this scripture. We're going to hit this. I know my clock is running. I know I got to get you out of here before four. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> Ephesians, don't look at you. No, I just saw faces like, oh, man. <laughs> Come on, Kurt. Pastor, four o'clock. You're ignorant, man. It ain't even four o'clock. 3.30. Here we go. <laughs> Ephesians chapter three. I, I tell you that you gave me the warm up. Adam, set it up. Pastor Adam set it up. Pastor Kirk set it up. I'm ready to go now. And it's this, Ephesians chapter three. This scripture is amazing to me. How many of you ever done anything wild in your life? Like you've done something so wild, you're just like, you don't want to talk about it. Like you don't want anybody to ever know. Okay, when we were kids, the wildest thing at Trinity High School, I went to Trinity, no shame in my game. I went to Trinity. The wildest thing at Trinity was a streaker across the field. How many people remember those days? Somebody butt naked, just <laughs> Young people, you think you've seen wild? That's crazy. You're at a game, you're like, listen, man, give me some, and all of a sudden, woo! There's somebody, it's like, oh my gosh, and you get the guys going, woo! How many people remember? See, don't tell me church can't be fun. I'm just trying to wake you up to the gospel of Jesus energizes this, okay? How many remember that streaking stuff? Come on, brother, you know what I'm talking yeah, okay, so that's wild. Today, you know what wild is today? College students taking all of their pills and all their prescriptions and all the opium, opium and all of the, the, all the drugs and put them in a bowl at a party and you pick one out and you just try one. Oh, yeah. That's happening at our major universities right now. They're taking somebody else's prescription, somebody else, put it in a big bowl at these parties, man, and you take one out, and that's why we're having all these, all these people that are dying and they're ODing on college campuses because they took something they should have never taken, and somebody comes in and spices stuff up. Don't you remember being wild at parties? Don't tell me you didn't, because I didn't have to drink it to be there, but I was there, and I saw people drinking it. Somebody came in with a punch bowl, and all of a sudden, they put stuff in it. How many people remember? Don't lie. I got three of you. Some of you half like it. <laughs> I love this half stuff. You know, how many want Jesus? You ain't going to be like this. You're going to be like, ah! you know. Ephesians chapter 3, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more that we could ask or imagine, according to his power, to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory of, uh, in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, through all generations. I want you to say it with me, through all generations. No generation has ever been excluded from this. And then it comes up with forever and ever, amen, exclamation point, amen. The Bible says immeasurably more according to his power that is at work within us. So watch this. You have no ability. You will never understand the able without the power of Jesus. Because how many have tried it? How many of you ever done something on your own? And it's like, not happening. Come on. But they that call upon the name of the Lord. Let me say this to you too. We have a lot of narcissistic people in our lives. Cocky, narcissistic. It's all about me show. If you're watching over the years, you'll be able to say, where are they at now? Because it's no longer what they did, but it's what Jesus does through us. So, so let me tell you this, uh, Trish, you want to be an example at the high school, at, on your campus, just be Christ in flesh. When students come, I know you, you're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
It comes out of you like fresh garlic. How many of you like Italian? How many know when somebody's eating garlic next to you, you're like, whoo. When it comes out of your pores, when it comes out of your pores, and you're not ashamed, I'll tell you where I've been. I've been over at Fajal, I've been over this, and I've been there. I've been, I've been this restaurant. That, man, I've been to Italian restaurants. People are going to I know. There ain't no shame in my game. I'm telling you straight up. People are like, you, you sucking on garlic every day? Every day? I want the gospel to come out of us the same way. But it will never happen unless you know the able. So how he does not do it by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply, gently within us. He will not push you past limits you cannot handle. So quit asking God, why? Why am I going through this, God? God says, because you can handle it. And then you quit. So quit asking the why. Can I say this to you? Let me just say, I don't want to offend nobody. I don't want to offend nobody because I know, but I preach a little bit different. And I've been preaching this for a long time. I'm so glad I come to Christ with all my petitions and my prayer. My prayer. My pra- I'm praying. I'm praying my eyeballs out. How many people have prayed so many prayers like screaming it? Oh, God! God! How many have been there? Come on, seriously. Like for years now. No, wait a minute. Be honest. How many of you still are like, whoa, God, where you at? Lord Jesus. How many know? Let me tell you something. If you would turn your prayer into praise, you'd see heaven come down. See, some of y'all like pray like, like God's deaf. In fact, Christ is here and it's Jesus, you're welcome. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Christ, God, he's here. He's here in your midst. He hears everything. He even hears this. So we pray prayers like, oh God, why? Where are you at? I'm going to start a church. What are we going to do? We're going to get a copier. We're going to get a printer. We're going to get this. We're probably going to have a vehicle. What are we going to do with pews? What are we going to do? Stop. And then to do, you're like, I ain't like that. I'm just saying, but we pray like that. Some have babies that are like, oh God, make my baby healthy. God, please my baby. You know what you need to say? God, praise you. Praise you. I'm about to give birth. I'm about to give birth to your child. Your child. So I praise you. I praise you in the midst of getting rid of all the circumstances, anything that would, that, that would hurt and harm this baby. So I praise you. I praise you that I'm going to give birth to the next king, prophet, and priest. I give you praise that I'm going to, I'm going to birth the next queen that's going to rise up, not just the queen of soul, but the queen of souls for Jesus Christ. That's what you got to do. You got to get your praise on. One thing I love about the black church, mm, 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 they know how to, one thing about Adam, I'm telling you straight up, he know how to get his praise on. You cannot walk out of this church and say, man, we didn't have praise this morning. What the heck's wrong with Adam? Get up, Anthony, you do your thing. No, I know, okay. So what is the true definition of wild? If I want to go wild for God, listen, come on, don't just let this message. I'm nobody special. You're getting it from the pulpit every week. All I'm doing is reaffirming your words that you've been preaching for. I'm telling you, I'm watching you preach, brother. I'm telling you, you're preaching. I'm telling you, Volpe had a lot going on. All the other Steve Gatchel had gone on. But your preaching right now is becoming so strong that I'm absorbing in every part of my being. I didn't just stop. I didn't just stop at all the testimonies. I didn't stop at the prison ministry thing. I saw that. I didn't just stop at Vicky. said, I listened to your word. 
power from this pulpit. And so I'm saying is, don't just sit there and walk out of here like, mm, that was okay this morning. I'm trying to regenerate, your, energize your spirit that says this, only God is able, I can't do it on my own anymore. It has to come through God. So what is the wild? What is the wild? It could be wild thoughts, wild things going beyond a normal act. To do something else no one else has ever done. I love it. I love it. Like this, how many people watched not too long ago, there was a horse named Justified. If you haven't watched anything about horses, Triple Crown winner. Hasn't been done since Secretary. It happened. How many people watched Philadelphia win a Super Bowl this year? First time ever? See, they did something that had been done before. How many people watched the Houston Astros? Never won the world. See, uh, come on, where's my sports people? You're going to be like, yeah, I was. You don't watch it because it's not Pittsburgh. I understand. Yeah. I'm in Baltimore last week. They're trying to put a Baltimore Reed shirt on me. I said, let me tell you something. You bring it here. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm calling the gangs over. I'm going to have you shot. Don't you desecrate this body. Come on. How many, how many with me? I'm just telling you straight up. You touch me with that purple, you're going to bleed red. I'm just telling you straight up. Black and gold, baby. Black and yellow. I don't care what you call it. Right here. My wife asked me one time, you ever going to get a tattoo? Would you ever put my face on your body? I said, nope. I put the thing I love the most on my body. She said, oh, baby, I love you. I said, Pittsburgh, right here. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> when we were kids, we were wild. We did wild things like when Rocky movies came out, Rocky Balboa. Now they got Creed II coming out. I told you he wasn't done yet. Rocky Balboa came out. We came out of the theater as kids. We were told as kids, if you go to the theater, you're going to die, you're going to hell. Yeah. Mom, remember that? <laughs> yeah. Wait, now she's not the only, how many people remember that? How many old timers, Pentecostal, you go into a bowling alley, you're going to smell like smoke because you're going like, you're going to hell for bowling. Hey, come on over here. We came out in the movie theater. We, how many people remember Rocky Balboa when they first came out? You're talking wild. When you come out of the theater, you're like this. Hey, bring it, man. Where's, let's go. Hey, hey, ho. Yo, you're doing the whole nine yards. Why? It drove you. It made you go wild. How many people remember? There are things in our lives that make us do things. We lose our mind. We're just like, oh, my gosh. We, back then, I wasn't even dating anybody. I'm looking for an Adrian. I wanted to marry an agent because Rocky was falling in love with an agent. I was like, because I wanted to talk. I even started talking like that. I remember my senior. Yo, how you doing? How's things going? I, I. <laughs> then I married a New York girl and her father. Hey, how you doing? My name is Frank. I'm like, ah! <laughs> I said, Lori, is your mother's, is your mother's name Adrian? <laughs> so, oh, my God. See how much fun you can have? I want to give you two things out of this scripture. Number one is God can do anything. So what does this mean? It means now to him who is able. What does, the, what does it mean able? What does it mean to have the ability of? Well, let me give you this. I, here's the able. The able is to go far, immeasurably farther than you ever thought you could ever dream or imagine. And God says, just step. 
I remember a young lady in my youth ministry, 14 years old, comes in my office. I was only there for a year. This is my first place I ever started, is Battle Creek, Michigan. 13 years old, she comes into my office and says, I'm pregnant. I said, oh, man. She's with her grandmother and her mother. And I said, oh, man, so-and-so, what in the world is going on here? And I'm thinking to myself, I was, a, I was a physical education, I was a coach and teacher up at Valley Forge, University of Valley Forge, and I'm thinking, I never wanted to do youth ministry. Now, this is why I don't want to do youth ministry, because I don't want to be sitting here looking at this young lady, not judging her, but thinking, how at 13 years old, how in the world could this happen? 13 years old. But so I asked the question, because I was just studying, I was getting to know the gospel and stuff, and I was talking to her about generational curses. I said, so answer me this. Mom, you're sitting here. Grandma, you're sitting here. Tell me the lineage. Tell me the, 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 what's happened in your generation. Well, the great-grandmother was pregnant out of wedlock and had the grandmother. The grandmother had the daughter. The daughter had this, this, her own daughter. So it's generational curse. Everybody was pregnant out of wedlock. Now it's this young lady. This young lady not only got pregnant at 13 years old, a couple years later she got pregnant at 15 years old, a couple years later she got pregnant at 18 years old. Three different men in her lives. Three different men. My wife and I had left the church after 12 and a half years. We're in Detroit. We came home into the Battle Creek area. We went to a place called the Big Apple. Anybody ever hear of the Big Apple bagel shop? We're in the Big Apple. If you don't have them around here, they have them in Michigan. I don't know. Any bagel shop, just pick one. And so we're sitting in line, and the line is from me to about Pastor Kurt is the, is the cashier. And we're in this big line, and it's a big place. And we're sitting, all of a sudden I hear this, Poppy! Oh, Poppy! For the love of God, hi, Poppy! And I'm like, Poppy, Poppy. I'm, now I'm looking around like, Anybody poppy? I had a couple older guys. I'm like, is that your granddaughter? Did you poppy at you? With poppy, you poppy. She goes, Pastor Rand, don't do that. You know you're my poppy. I'm like, oh, snap. Now, anybody, I'm telling you, you ever been embarrassed you try to hide? Like you try to shrink? You can't get much lower than this. I'm just saying, you can shrink a little bit. I was already told that this morning too. So I go a little bit lower. I don't want her to see me. She goes, I can see you. Why are you ducking down? Lori, hi, Lori, hi, Lori. Lori's like, hey, okay, whatever. Now, Lori's like this. I said, where are you going? She says, I'm going outside. I said, no, you're not. You're standing right here. And so we go up to the line. Long story short, this young lady now is in her 20s. And her boys, she had three boys. They're all being raised. They're being raised in the church. They're taking them to church, raising them to church. She tells us afterwards her entire story, nine yards. I'm in, now I'm in ministry. I left Detroit. I'm in Pennsylvania at CLA, Camp Hill. And I get a phone call that this young lady is dying of brain cancer. And would you come and do the funeral? And so I fly back to Battle Creek and I, I do this young lady's funeral and I see these beautiful boys all kind of grown up now. And I hear the eulogy from each one of them, of the impact of God upon their life through their mother. Because when she was unable, he was able. And he brought the able to three boys. And these three boys, after the funeral, I kind of lost connection with them. And it's been maybe like 12 years, 13 years now. And I found out just a couple weeks ago, when I was in Battle Creek, that two of the boys are full-time ministry. And the third one, is studying to want to be a missionary. How does that happen? How, come on, church. Come on, somebody. We, you got to get this. You got to understand. Oh, you don't understand my stuff. Stuff? Like this girl didn't have stuff? You're going to ignore your stuff over this stuff? 
But what's amazing is, I must have made some impact somewhere where she asked me to bless her kids. She asked me to do her funeral. And now I'm with these kids and I'm tracking with these kids now. And I'm going to stay in touch with these two in ministry because I'm telling you right right now, their mother wasn't that way when she was that age. She wasn't able. She didn't have the ability, somebody. She didn't have the ability to change one life and say, only he is able. Watch this. He's only able to calm the storm. Do you remember when the disciples were in the boat and it was only Jesus? They had the power. They had the authority. They were with the power and authority. Instead of them calling it what it is, they were like, somebody go down and get Jesus. Can I say this? You have the power in you. The power is in you to change the able but you're going to have to be the one to understand that you cannot, fathers, you cannot raise that kid. You cannot get that woman to be able to respect you until you get the able. Don't look at me like I'm crazy. Don't look at me like I don't know. I have 36 years invested in this culture. 36 years invested in this, this movement of young adults and, and millennials now. And why am I saying this? Because I'm saying that I don't have the ability. I want to slap somebody. Don't judge me. I want to even look at my own family and say, what is wrong? But then all of a sudden something rises up in me. And I'm able to be at a restaurant and ask the waitress, what can I pray for? A couple weeks ago, what can I pray for? The woman says, I knew you'd be back. I've been waiting for you to come back. I've heard about you. I've heard about the testament. Would you pray? Would you just pray for me? I have cancer and I need prayer. And I said, sweetheart, listen, I can pray for you, but I know one that will heal you. His name is Jesus. Because I don't have the ability to heal, but I do have the ability to lay hands on and let the spirit of God come out of me into that person's life. Come on, somebody. What do you think it means to serve God? He can cause the dead to rise. Remember Mary and Martha, they were like, where were you, man? You're late. Jesus starts to weep. He's like, wait, didn't I teach you anything? Like, weren't you around me long enough? Women, what's wrong with you? He's dead. Ladies, I love you. We're family. We're familiar. Watch what happens here. And he says, oh, come on. Lazarus. Bam. Jesus, what the heck's going on here? Why am I all wrapped up like, Mary and Martha, why are you crying like you haven't seen me for a while? What's going on? Mary and Martha lost their minds. Come on, wait a minute now. I love the precious saints. I love people to serve Jesus, and all of a sudden they lose their mind like, he's not with me anymore. It's like, where'd he go? Because I want to know if you lost him, and you've been serving Jesus forever, did I lose him? Come on, like, am I accountable? Did I lost Jesus because you lost Jesus? Listen, I was driving the car today. God was speaking to me. Does that mean he wasn't? Is somebody else speaking to me? And I love this one. I love when people say to me all the time, well, you know, I don't know if it's God or the devil. That one kills me. Come on, you know you've heard it. How many of you heard that? I don't know if it's Jesus talking to me to go and rescue a neighbor or if it's the devil. 
I don't know if it's God or not, Ed. I'm in Washington States. I don't know if it was God that told me to go paint that trailer, but you know what? Mm. Was that the devil or was that God? I'd say, Ed, you're crazy. How many know what I'm talking about? We question all the time. Stuff starts to happen. Lives start to change. Is it really God? Listen to me. Listen to me. Every great and good thing comes from above. Everything you ever experience comes from above. All that travesty. Why don't you start standing like my brother was preaching? Why don't you start to reload and face the enemy and say, no, no, no. Let me tell you this. I've been in church this morning for all week. I'm reloaded. I've been in church this morning for the entire week. So devil, it's not just tomorrow and I've run out of bullets already. Devil, let me say this to you. When Monday comes, Tuesday comes, Wednesday comes, Thursday comes, come on somebody, Friday comes, Saturday comes, man, I'm back Sunday, reload, man. I'm just telling you. But you know what? I don't have to wait for the reload. You know what I'm doing every day? I'm reading God's word, reload. Dude, you're not out of bullets. I can hear the devil going, you're not all the way out of bullets. I got more. What do you got for me? You know why? Because I'm not able, but he is able. He is able. Oh my goodness. I got, I got a couple minutes and it's almost done. Listen to this. Listen, he can cause a stone to hit a giant in the head because he's able. Listen to me. David could have been like this, like the whole army of Israel, all of them, all the brothers, all the brothers, a whole army of Israel. They're all looking. He's down in the valley. He's probably looking back like, hey, don't worry. I got this. Hey, don't worry. Quit, will you quit crying? Man, don't worry, man. All his brothers are like, man, dad, what'd you do? Hey, I got this. I got this. All the sheep are like, hey, hey, hey man. David, ho, hey, I got this. We know David, I got this. I got this king. King Saul's probably like, are you, he, he, he didn't wear my stuff. And David says, I would have wore your stuff, but it doesn't fit me. Your armor doesn't fit me, oh, King Saul. For God gave me the armor today to defeat this giant. So I'm wearing his armor. Because this is what my stuff is. See, mom and dad, your stuff was great. But your kid's stuff right now is even greater. And if you don't pray that over them, shame on you. You need to pray, man, the armor of God is so heavy on your kids that it's not what you experienced, it's what they're going to have to face. And your teaching of the word of God, or your armor of the word of God, when it gets on the little soldier, oh, you can't touch this, I'm just telling you. And you're going, to be still in the, you're going to be staying in the fields one day and you're going to hear, oh, Nathan, oh, David, oh, Lisa, oh, Sarah. And you're going to be like, I got this. David could have been cocky. He could have been like, I don't know. Hey, dudes, let me show you what the Lord does. And they would have all ducked. And God says, bam, like a boomerang. How, why, why, why? Because only he's able. Only he's able. All he was looking for was somebody to stand in the field that day. All he was looking for was somebody to stand in the field that day. I said, all he was looking for was somebody to stand in the field that day. All he's looking for is you to get involved. You to get involved in outreaches. You to go to over to Washington Estates. You to go downtown Little Washington. You go over here to Chartiers, Houston. In fact, I'm waiting for the churches just to start going like this a little bit more. Go like this a little bit more. Worried about their community more than they are about the world. Because the world's getting it, man. We have all the evangelists. Everybody's over there. Everybody wants to go over. But here's the problem with going over to another country. You can be somebody that you're not. And you got the ability for a week, but then you come home and you look at pastor and it's like, I'm still worn out. 
from El Salvador. And you're like, but it's been like six months. I know. <laughs> but I'm still worn out. I'm, you don't understand my back. I was walking, and I was making cement, and I was stirring. And he's like, you can't even stuff the bulletins while you're here. Come on, somebody. Ouch. I'm just saying, I got to go pretty soon. I'm just saying, I ain't come back for a while. I know that. <laughs> These are just tidbits. These are just one-shot wonders. And then it's like, hey, Kurt, you got any time? Seven years from now, I got time. No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. Man, he can make a man walk on water. Why? Because he's able. Peter, what happened to Peter was Peter lost the ability to keep his focus. That could be a whole different story. Peter lost the ability to keep focus on Jesus. Now, let me say something to you. If Jesus was standing right here, okay? If Jesus was, just picture from Jesus right here. Jesus right up here. And we're looking at him. People were like, oh man, the son of God. He's right here, right? Somebody would be like, hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, order pizza, one o'clock. Here's my address. Oh, hey, Jesus, you want pizza while you're there? This is what's happened in our culture. We have lost focus of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We have lost focus and a reminder to where we are little Christ in flesh to be attacking and to be going into the places where nobody else will. Man, let me say this to you. You better stand up at your workplace. Oh, I'm about to get fired. Then get fired because God's got a position better for you. God said he'll never leave you nor forsake you, nor will he cause you to beg for bread. I'm just telling you right now, every time you think you're there, the people that are there, that are no longer there. They were on top. Now you know where they're at? They're trying to scratch and fight their way out of prison. I'm just telling you it happens. I want to I tell you this in closing. I want to just say this in closing. Adam, would you come? I almost said Anthony. Check that one out. How many of you ever said this? Listen, we've been raised on this. I remember being taught this. We've been using this phrase, if it's the Lord's will. Now, wait a minute. How many, how many have ever heard that? Just no, Honestly, for once, put your hand up like you own something. Okay? Put your hand back down. Stop saying that. I was driving here on Friday, and the Lord tucked this in my spirit and said, somebody in this church needs to hear this. And I'll preach this forever now. Quit saying, if it's the Lord's will then you don't understand the Lord's will. Because when you understand the Lord's will, the Lord says, I have created you for a purpose. And that's to go into the highways and the byways and compel those to me. The Bible says we are to compel to the kingdom, not our kingdom, Christ's kingdom, God's kingdom. You, pray, you sang about it. So Ephesians chapter three, immeasurably more. Okay, if I can do immeasurably more than I could ever imagine, that means I can literally go to the neighbor next door and talk about Jesus, bring them a pie, bring them a dinner, ask if there's anything I can pray about. Why? Well, I don't know if it's the Lord's will. It's the Lord's will. It's the Lord's will to do the work of the kingdom. It's the Lord's will to represent kingdom, not you. It's the Lord's will for you to get out of yourself. Self is not working right now. You'll find yourself years later heavier and out of shape, and you'll think, how did I ever get here? Because it's not about the self. It's about the kingdom. God says, I can use a little guy to throw a stone as much as I can for somebody else to go and preach in the inner cities. God says, I can use you. 
Man, only he is able to give you power over the situation, over your circumstance, through your healing, through your storm, through your wayward son and daughter, to stay focused, to stand in your storm. Only he is able. But who stops the able? You stop the able. I stop the able. I'm going to just give you one more scripture and I'm done. The Bible says in Jude, chapter 1, verse 24. It's a parallel of this Old Testament. And it says this, New Testament. It says, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Only God can give you the ability, watch this in parentheses, the able. He is the push through. He's the move when you don't feel like moving. He's the power within when you don't feel there's power. So let me give you, I think you have them up on a screen. Let me give you these seven things and just write them. I'm just going to say them. You'll see them up on the screen. You're going to write them down. There are seven things I want to give you God's able. He's able to create something out of nothing. Come on, somebody. Is it up there? Yes. Matthew 3, 9. He's able to create something out of nothing. So will you quit saying you're not worth it? Will you quit saying I can't? Will you quit saying that's just not me? That's wrong. He can make something out out of nothing. God is able to make you, number two, make all grace abound. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, God is able to make all grace abound in you, having all sufficiency in all things at all times that you, will, you may abound in every good work. Thank you, Jesus. He's able to make all grace abound. Number three, God is able to deliver you. Come on, who's ever been delivered? Anybody here been delivered from anything? Addictions, drugs, uh, pornography, anything stupid? A, 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 a crazy mind to a sound mind? Come on, there's deliverance. My God is able to deliver. Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. My God is able to give strength to rise above the trials. Number five, God is able to save. Thank you, Jesus. He's able to save. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, he's able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him. Since he has always lived, he always lives to make intercession for us, for them. Come on, he's able to save. Number six, he's able to build you up in grace. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. So my question today is, before we hit seven, you're here today, you're sitting, listening. Do you know who you are in Christ? Like, do you know that you have the ability? Your mountain night might be the big mountain of the grain of mustard seed to move that. Your mountain might be your dad or your mom. Your mountain might be your sister or your brother. Your mountain might be you. Do you know Jesus? No, are you saved? Like, do you know when you walk out of here that you have everything within you? That you can cause traffic to stop. You can cause the blind to see. You can lay hands on the sick and cause cancer to be gone. Do you know what you have in you? The able is in me. The ability of God is in me. He strengthens me. The able, the ability that right now the church, you're you're the youth pastor, brother. What you're doing in this youth ministry is growing and growing. Why? Because you got the able in you. It's the ability of God in you to cry and weep over kids like we do. Number seven, God is able to exceed your expectations. He is able to do exceedingly above all that you could ask or imagine. Second Chronicles 25.9. He's able. He's able. Right now, it is time for you to go home. 
Here's my altar call. Seriously, don't play with this either. You want to know Jesus? You want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? This is your moment. Forget football being launched at one o'clock. How about your life being launched right now before noon? You'll be able to watch a game better because the peace of God will be within you. You won't have to throw a brick through that screen. My dad used to have bricks. Thank God they were foam because they were going through that TV every play. How many know what I'm talking about? I take a missions team down to San Francisco a couple years back. And I'm there, and we're in Asbury Park, and the music's playing. People are getting high as a kite. Anybody know anything about San Francisco? Janis Joplin, all that stuff. We're in the, what they call the tenderloin area, and there's a, I didn't know this, but my wife comes running to me and says, we lost one of our kids in San Francisco. Now, I don't know about you, as a pastor, I'm not calling back and telling my pastor we lost somebody in San Francisco. I had 37 kids there. I'm like, baby, we better get our boots on right now and just scour the city. You better find this kid. Because I'm getting high as a kite in Asbury Park. I'm just telling you what's happening. It was all around. I never got high in my life, but I was, I'm like, hey. My wife comes running. We lost him. Come out of the park. Boom, let's go find him. We're going through the streets. As we're going through the streets, a little tiny little tiny homeless person come up and says, hey, are you missing a kid looks like a Q-tip? You got to know something about Michigan, man. Grand Rapids, Michigan is all Dutch. They tall, blonde, blue-eyed people. There's not many color there right now, except for the inner city, and there's not any Italians there, okay? And this is my first or second year there. I go on a missions trip and I lose one of the stellar families in the church, their son. I'm in trouble. He's a tall, he's gangly. He's got a big fro and come on, come with me. He's down in the, what they call the leper colony. I'm like, the what? It's the leper colony. It's where they're diseased and they're sick and nobody, they're the outcasts and nobody wants to talk to them. Their families stand outside the gates and they cry for the fathers. It reminds me of Luke. We go and we're looking, we're looking, looking. We follow this guy and there's a big circle of people and all of a sudden they're like, there he is. There's the, I think that's the pastor. And you can see him talking and mumbling. All of a sudden it opens up and there's my Andrew. There's my Andrew, this tall drink of water with a fro. He's over here and he's washing the feet of lepers. Towels on his shoulder, no gloves, big basin. People sitting in there like this. Oh, that feels so good. And he's crying. It's my Jesus. I want to tell you about Jesus. And he's talking. And he already washed like maybe 12 or 15 people's feet. And there's a line more of about 15 or 20. And I'm like, Andrew, what are you doing? He goes, oh, Pastor Rand, look at this, man. This is incredible, man. I'm washing the feet, man. I'm doing the work of the ministry. We didn't go to San Francisco for that. We were literally told when we went to San Francisco with the outreach, you can't preach Jesus. Here's the food. you got to feed the homeless. And if they ask about Christ, talk about Jesus. But don't bring your Bible. Don't do that. Now, they're a Christian organization, but they're like, you're just here to feed the people. Don't get busy. Don't talk to nobody unless they want to know Jesus. That's fine. Start telling them. I'm like, what kind of ministry is that? But I didn't know about that until we got down there. That's just not the way we roll. I'm thinking. And here's my Andrew. I go over and I'm like, Andrew. And he goes, don't help me. I don't want nobody to help me. I got 25 more. I said, Andrew, what drove you? What drove you to do this? No, I'm crying. And he said, 
Did you not teach us this? I said, when did I teach you to wash feet? He said, with every message you poured into us. I don't have the ability to do this, Pastor. But Jesus in me does. And I just stood there and watched 25 more people wash feet. And then they got in a circle and we prayed. And this kid, Andrew, said, now I want to ask every one of you, do you know Jesus? This junior in high school, six foot four, Q-tip hair, gangly kid, is doing the work of the ministry. How does that happen? By what you've been pouring, by what you've been preaching, by what you've been leading, Eric. But what you've been saying, Mike, Cherise, how you've been talking to the women, my mother's group, all of you, all of you, Joanne and Donna and everybody else that's helping us. Sure, I look at all of you, Daniel. I can't, I can't keep naming names. You gotta do the work in the ministry. Because people just need their feet washed. They just need a hug. So do you know my Jesus? Because if you don't, guess what? He's here today. And he wants to meet you where you're at. Anybody right now, just, I need Jesus. I've never heard this. I don't even know why I'm here. Somebody invited me to her house. I stayed overnight. I I wasn't even expecting this. Girl, why you do this? You set me up. Dude, what's wrong with you? Anybody here wants to know my Jesus? I'm just going to ask you right now. Just stand up and come. I want to introduce you to my best friend named Jesus. Come on, don't play around. He's the able in you. He's the only one that can do it through you. And this moment is so for you right now. Is there anybody at the sound of my voice that I need a Savior? I need Christ. No shame in your game. I want you to do me a favor. Just stand up and come. Stand up and come. Anybody? Well, I know we all saved because it's, it's 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock service. And we wouldn't be here at 9 or 11, but we're here at 10. I, I'm glad we're all saved. You know what it is? You're great. Pre- I'm telling you, everybody's saved. I don't know if I think that's true, but I'll hold it to my own opinion. So here's the second thing I have. How many of you have short, you've shortened yourself to understand that the able was in me and you're saved, but you're like, I need to be restored the ability. I need to restore the able. I need, listen, I've been through the storm. I've been through this. I've been through that, but I need prayer. I need prayer this morning. Pastor, would you pray over me? If that's you, I want you to do me a favor. I want to restore the able in your life. I want to restore. Thank you, sweetheart. Come on. I want to restore what God has. Now I know you're saved. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about restoration right now. I'm talking about restoring yourself and rededicating yourself. You feel worn out. You feel like I can't do it anymore. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Join me. Come on. Join me. Please don't lie to yourself right now. Stay right there, sweetheart. Stay right. I don't have to come out you might trip and fall I just want you right there nobody else I need more of Jesus I I want more of Jesus sometimes it's ability in my life I don't feel like the able's in me I feel like I've been running like I'm trying to do this and I cannot do this I'm walking on the other side of the track I'm trying to really fit and God says well you quit trying to fit and put me in nobody else anybody else I want to rededicate this moment to Jesus Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. Anybody else? I, I want to take this moment, man. This is my moment. This is my moment because God's got something special for me. Anybody else would say, I need, to, I need to restore the able. I need to restore the power of God in my life. I want to do something different today. I want young people to come. I want you to stand up, whether you like it or not. I want you to start. I know you got it in you. I want you to start laying hands on these people. Come on, young people. 
Don't be sitting there. I'm going to call you out. Okay, right here. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. It only takes one to march for the second one to follow. Anybody else? Husbands, wives. Women, don't hold on to his hand if you know in your heart you should be here. Husbands, don't hold on to the hand if you know you should be here. I'm telling you, this is individual. You cannot get the kingdom holding hands. I love my wife. I've been married 32 years this year. I've known her 34 and a half. I will never get to the kingdom holding her hand. There's no way. I want to because I believe she's going ahead of me. Bigger mansion than I have, but I can't. It's me. Anybody else? Anybody? Don't play the game. This is your morning. This is your morning. On September 9th, 2018, this is your moment. This is your day for a rescue. Anybody else say, I feel it. It's pricking my heart. I'm worn out. I need more of Jesus. He's not in me. I feel like the able is gone. Is anybody else? Okay, here's what I need. I need men to come and pray over boys and men. I need women to come and come and pray. I'd like every one of you, just stay seated where you're at. I want to pray this prayer. I want to pray this prayer to rededicate ourselves to Jesus. To rededicate ourselves to Jesus. Young people, just begin to pray. God, restore the power, restore the authority. Church, everyone that's out there, what you've told me is you're saved and you're okay. That means you can start praying right now. That means you should be praying right now like a house of fire for these people. Because this is the health of this church. This is the health of this church. Father, today, I'm asking you for authority and power to be restored. I'm asking you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for the restoration of power. Oh, God, when it seems like we're so weak and we've done everything we can, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you. I'm asking you for the poor to pour like the waters of rain today that got me wet. Saturate me right now in the name of Jesus. Let these tears that I'm crying, these tears of emotion, these tears of moving, God, let them cleanse me. Let them come out of me. God, I'm asking you, I'm asking you right now to restore me, to restore my marriage, my home, my children, my workplace. Oh God, to restore my mother, my father that I can lay hands on or I can wash the feet of those that don't know Jesus. God caused me to rise up when I thought I had all the answers. Come on, church. You know this is good stuff. That's why you're praying out there right now real hard. Father God, Father God, touch these people. Restore these people. Father, I'm asking you right now that you covet this moment. You will covet this moment. You will give the joy and the peace that surpasses all of our understanding. When we can't figure it out, you already have a way. When it seems like there's no way out, you cause a path and a road. God, when it seems like I'm stuck, you pull us out of the miry clay. Thank you, Father. Church members that are seated, I want you just to join hands across across your pew right now. Just join hands with people around you. If you're claustrophobic or if you're even like um, COD, don't do it. Don't do it. Just bump or put a hand on a shoulder. Don't walk out of here saying, he made me touch somebody. Don't do that to me. I want to pray a power prayer over this congregation. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray with the songs that have been led this morning by your spirit. We praise you. You are the ultimate authority. We lift you on high. We praise you on high. We cannot do it without you, God, I ask. I'm asking you for favor right now. I'm asking you for for restitution. I'm asking you for power as we leave this place that, God, you will give us the authority, the authority to call it what it is. God, you'll put in us that fire, that fire in the name of Jesus. You will give us somebody in our lives that will walk into our path that we're going to have to confront. 
You will put somebody in our way when there seems to be no way that we will talk about Jesus. God, give us the ability to know that you are the only one that's able to even wake me up in the morning, God, to set me on my way. It doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter how tall, how, how long, how short, how wide, or color of our skin. God, it doesn't matter if we've been tattooed with the Holy Ghost or tattooed with ink. God, we're asking you to favor our sidewalk. Favor those that come into my life. Give me favor that before I even lay hands on somebody, the Spirit of God's coming out of me like fresh garlic. I'm asking you today, God, for that authority. Come on, somebody. Needs to say, give me the authority. Give me the authority. Come on, somebody. Give me the authority in Jesus' name. Give me the power in Jesus' name. Give me the ability and through Christ in Jesus' name. Because when I'm tired and weak, you, God, are the only one to stand. You are my ability. You are my able. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.